Welcome to the Bedpost Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Erin Pym, and what I like to do here on the pod is bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to talk about sex and sexuality. <laughs> I you lip-syncing along to my intro today. Okay, did you notice in the title, people, that it's episode 420? Because I got this thought in my head when I realized that, that we should talk about like weed and sex and weed and kink and intox play and stuff. And who's the perfect person to do that with? Why, it's Ms. Chloe Mars. <laughs> Obviously. Are Obvious. you sick of me yet? Oh my god, I certainly am not. <laughs> I mean, I think it's my fit fifth. Fifth, six. Maybe. I don't know. It's been a few times on the pod, but I always am happy to be back. Maybe especially when we get to, we're getting there, but especially when we get to talk about weed. 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 <laughs> I saw that you put out uh, a little call to action on Twitter and it was like 420 episode. Who's going to come talk? I was so mad at you. I was I like, know. take this down immediately. <laughs> How dare you even try to source somebody for this? <laughs> just. I know it's because I just did the episode (laughs) I get it but then I thought who cares have you on every other episode who the fuck cares I don't know the more the merrier that's what I'm saying yeah Yeah. well doesn't doesn't matter if you're sick of me or not I am going to continue to be here (laughs) (laughs) so uh before we get started Chloe I did say last time I would give them an update on my hand so I'm over the infection Um, the incision is looking great. I am two days short of a month after my surgery and pain is like just in the past, like five days or so pain is way fucking better. It was bad for a while, but finally I'm over the fucking hump with this. So mobility is still shit, but at least the, uh, like, you know, intense, parts of the actual surgery are pretty much over knock the fuck on wood yes i'm knocking <laughs> thank you everybody listening knock knock on well. some sort of wood yeah um yeah. so that said and i can confirm i'm looking at the incision line right now and it's healing up quite nicely dr mars reporting <laughs> for duty for duty <laughs> we're pivoting to med fat already i know yeah so we'll talk about weed bit but like yeah. You know, you and I want to gab, so we'll talk about the other things too. Yeah, I think we don't really have much of a plan for where we're going with this today, so you're going to find out along with us, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, let's start with talking about, like, weed and kink and, like, weed and sex and whatnot. Absolutely. Maybe, like, start with, if we're interested in exploring this, what might the negotiation or the conversation beforehand look like oh sure so first and foremost there would be no conversation or negotiation whatsoever if you have not already uh like we're talking about weed so i'm going to stick with weed if you haven't done if you haven't gotten high before yeah if this is a first time thing for you 
Absolutely not. Like, <laughs> that's just for me. I would probably be like, go, go try this on your own first. Um, I would want to make sure that you know a little bit of base knowledge about the strains, the uh, ones that perhaps work for you or don't work for you. Um, have an awareness of the type of bodily response, emotional response, whatever might come through when you're high. Um, and your limits, because those are so <laughs> different for so many different types of ways of ingesting weed or from person to person. So first and foremost, if you're not already somebody who is uh, indulging, um, this probably isn't as much for you right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be, but could be. not yet. Yes, not yet. Like it would be eventually, or maybe we could. Maybe it's something you want to try in a controlled, safe, supervised environment for the first time. But that's just also so different. That's baby, baby steps. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I can tell you a little bit about like, my process and it all sort of depends for who it is um with people in my personal life people I know my rules are a little bit more lax I might not have to do this whole process sure um but I like I like to have a baseline to go off of so for example you would bring your own weed to the session Mm -hmm. right I'm not supplying that but based on what you bring perhaps you could bring three options and I would choose from those options on which ones I want to use based on the ways that they affect your body or affect whatever your your sex drive your Mm -hmm. uh it just it can differ anyways yeah no that makes sense though because like yeah, if the, the weed I've tried on my in my personal time, in my solo time, and then mm-hmm. I show up with someone else and they give me a different kind of weed, like, that's, that's just... That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. So have a little bit of background knowledge. The other thing that is really important is is knowing your strains, or at least the types. So not everybody is going to vibe with, say, an indica strain over a hybrid or a sativa strain. We know that sativa strains are very cerebral. Um, We know that if you have an existing, like, anxiety, ADHD, it can give you some zoomies. Mm. Not everybody, but for, for a lot of folks, they will avoid sativas if they already know that they have a sort of hyperactive brain, if you will. Oh, Indica is going to do the opposite. I'm an Indica girl myself, but <laughs> uh, it takes you right down. Right, lots of people use it as a sleepy time weed, or even um, it's a good one for sex if you are feeling. And we're not talking about sex particularly, more so kink. But if you are needing that little help to relax, mm-hmm. that's going to be something. But you don't want to take too much of that, or you might fall asleep, for example, or not be present at all in the session. So that's why it's important to really uh, dial it in. Okay, while you're talking about this, I realize we're kind of on another topic of like know know yourself so you can communicate your boundaries to your dominant or your Mm. play partner Mm -hmm. however while you're talking about like you know how different strains of weeds might weed might weeds (laughs) (laughs) when you're doing weeds chloe you fucking square (laughs) (laughs) when you're doing the weeds yeah um i'm thinking of like so 
depending on what strain you're taking, that might lend you to do like a different type of a kink scene. Absolutely. Which is kind of fun. It's like, okay, let's create a scene that's more like indica vibes. Let's create a scene that's more sativa vibes or hybrid. Mm-hmm. Kind of cool. No, that's a really good point, actually. Like, for example, um, indica is really great for medfet to use it as a sort of a sedative if you're trying to play with, let's say, uh, like anesthesia or whatever and you're going under and I'm giving you the laughing gas oftentimes it's just play pretend but you add a little bit of weed into there and all of a sudden (laughs) the the quote-unquote anesthesia is feeling pretty real you're feeling really mellowed out you're feeling not quite as in control of your your body as maybe it's getting a little heavier you're sinking into the exam table it makes the play just more palpable does that make sense yeah Yeah. if you have like a body buzz going on it's like yeah all of a sudden you're feeling sleepy good for hypno you know I don't know I'm not gonna lie to you though the intox play I've done I've never used sativa okay it's a personal choice why is that (laughs) why um other other than just so it's it's from my own personal experience like I said Mm -hmm. um it does give me the zoomies for sure but I've found with people who aren't quite as familiar with weed or they don't do it a lot sativa I've seen just so many people smoke too much sativa and get so anxious paranoid paranoid, needing to calm down needing help and like that's another good thing of having somebody in the room with you right like if that were to happen during a scene Mm -hmm. we would just stop the scene and I would be there to comfort you and to coach you through whatever you were experiencing Mm -hmm. but if we can just avoid that altogether ideal ideal also like I don't want your brain racing I want you embodied I want you melting into yourself I want your brain to slow down Um, and that's kind of the beauty of of using an indica dominant strain for for play Yeah, that makes sense. Because I think like if people are listening to, you know, when I have other providers on the pod, and specifically like kink providers, a lot of us like what we do at the beginning of a session is like we're looking to kind of ground the individual, we're looking to kind of settle in a bit to the space and to each other's energy. And like, you know how I start a scene, like, you know, we Mm -hmm. do grounding techniques, we do breathing, and we do embodying kind of exercises. Um, And we all kind of do that in our own way. But I imagine how like, doing a scene, you know, with an indica element to it, would just further enhance like the way what we're already trying to do at the beginning of a scene with someone. Bingo. Yeah, that's exactly it. And actually, I'm only asking because I know that you would be uh, comfortable talking about it. But mm-hmm. you and I have done a little in uh, in talk scene once upon a time together. Yeah. And I want to know. So at the beginning of the scene, I just made you sort of take a real deep, deep, deep inhale of my vape that I had. Yes. Um, I'm curious, like, maybe you can speak to that experience, because we're just sort of like, what's it like? But you can actually, you can talk about that, maybe. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I'm thinking back, (laughs) thinking back. I think um, why I enjoyed it so much was because um, I'm a big bottom, and and I have a big bottom. I I was going to say that. But... (laughs) (laughs) but I think that helped me because when I'm a bottom and when I'm bottoming I kind of like I don't 
want my brain on. And I don't really want to talk a lot, like, and have that part of my brain engaged, right? Mm -hmm. So I think um, doing that in-talks play kind of allowed me to go where I want to go when I'm bottoming, which is just, like, settling and not being in a cerebral mind space and just able to be a bit like, I don't know, quieter and just kind of experience what was happening. And it just allowed me to kind of like check out of being on, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think that was something that I was a significant thing I noticed where I was like, Oh, I can just be right now. Yeah. And I'm just going to like really let myself do that. Yeah. And, and the weed was helping me do that. Yeah. yeah. No, totally. I can say as the person who was sort of facilitating that, um, I remember watching it happen, watching your mm. eyes soften a little bit, watching you turn inwards. And I know that you get kind of, or at least want to be more quiet. Mm. And I know for myself even when you know it's okay mm-hmm. to be silent or quiet, you still kind of feel like you mu- you should be I giving should be something. something. You should be whatever. <laughs> but without without you can turn that part off of your brain, so you're no longer sort of thinking about this. I also just want to be really careful because we are talking about it in such a basic, easy way, where we're like, "Yeah, I gave you a really huge drag of my vape pen, and then everything was great." I think it's really important to know that that's not always the case. Yeah. Um, and that's why you have to be doing this really safely. Um, and consent can be a huge, uh, tricky thing to navigate with any sort of substance use. Yeah. Um, and, and I think the context of that situation mm. was like that we had smoked together lots before. and lots of times before that. Yeah. You personally have so much experience with weed um, and with getting high with people and mm-hmm. guiding people through, yes. you know, experiences while they're high. Um, so you're a very experienced person to do that with. Yeah. Um, and, Vet your tops. If yeah. you're doing in tox play, make sure that there's somebody that really knows what they're doing. And also, we were very good friends. Yes. Who had known each other for a very long time. So we had a lot of built-in trust. Absolutely. Um, in in that so that we were able to you know kind of do a scene like that and didn't have to have like it wasn't the biggest deal of like we had to negotiate every detail of this like there was a lot of context here that allowed us to jump in a bit yeah yeah that and that makes a lot of sense that should that makes things easier and that's why in talks play is a lot easier to facilitate in your personal life rather than your professional life um Can I also say something that I feel like the weed enhanced in that scene was the power dynamic. Mm -hmm. Because you were directing me to inhale. Yep. And just that act, you know, makes you feel a certain way. You know, like it felt like you were the one in control and I was the one that was um, under control. Yeah. Just that simple act of you holding that to my mouth and being like, Inhale. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a pretty cool Hold power it. dynamic activity. Exhale. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's exactly that. Um, that in and of itself. I like to say that intox play can be a lot of breath play, honestly, yeah. because you are literally controlling 
somebody's inhales, exhales, how long they have to hold the substance in for, when you allow them to release. Um, you could even get especially uh, statistic if somebody starts coughing, telling them they're not allowed to cough, have to hold their mouth shut. Brutal. It is brutal. Um, you know, so you can get creative with that. But yes, it does really reinforce a power dynamic. Absolutely. Yeah. And especially to do that, like that was like pretty much right at the beginning of the scene, if I'm re- remembering yep. correctly. So it did that same thing of like doing that. That was like the first thing we did. It just helped you kind of get into that role, whatever. Both of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By doing that, like even if that was the only time I inhaled the whole time, I think I did a couple more times throughout. Yeah. But like that was enough to like make it really impactful mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. to do that at the beginning. It like set things up. Yeah. And I think that's actually something that's important to remember too is um, you know, intox play isn't always about getting fucked up. Yes. It's, it point. can be about using a substance to enhance a feeling, enhance an activity, enhance whatever. Just like you said, it's not like we were, you know, making you just get high out of your mind. No. No, you were just, you were present, you were there, but the edge was off and you were a little bit, just a little bit out of it. Just a little bit. Yeah. And that the context surrounding that also is knowing that like, I'm not a huge weed smoker. Yes. So like, if you gave me more than you did, I would probably go into uncomfortably high territory, which Mm -hmm. is something that you know, is like a huge boundary of mine. Yes. I don't like, like, nobody likes to green out, but like, I'm, I specifically am very fucking nervous about weed intake. Yeah. Uh, specifically and edibles even more specifically yeah but um so that was perfect for like where I'm at with my weed consumption yes and you knew that I did and that's why we were only using a vape pen for example instead of bringing out a joint or even a bong or whatever right um and I think that's also a good point um that you made that about the edibles and and things like that. Mm. If we want to just talk about practicality for a moment for people who might just be, I don't know, needing info. uh, If you are doing any sort of intox play with weed and it's, you're brand new to it, I would suggest using a vape. It's easier to control the dosages. It, the effects don't last quite as long. um, And that's, yeah, that's where I would start. Then, of course, you can start smoking the flower, etc. But what I will say is um, steer clear of edibles. Very clear. Yeah, uh, for many reasons. But you, the first and foremost, though, is if you eat an edible at the beginning of a scene, you're not going to be high until the scene's over. Yes. Because <laughs> yes. it takes a while. And those effects are going to last in your system for so much longer. You actually don't really know how long. Um, so that's just not going to be beneficial, I think. And no, it's harder to tell how your body is going to respond when you take an edible. When you take a hit of a joint, the effects are going to be potent for X amount of time, but then they're going to fade out. Yes. It's not a big deal. Yeah, just logistically, it makes more sense to smoke something versus do an edible. Yeah. Just timing-wise of... Exactly. And if you're doing a scene that's indoors, too, like, vape is just better. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Just use a vape. I have a volcano. I don't know if everybody knows what it is. It doesn't matter. But it has this, like, long tube that comes out of it. Yeah, it has a bag, and it also has a tube. And I just think there's something, and of course, I'm always going back to MedFet, but there's something medical about this tube. Yes. And it's like this long plastic tube. And I just let, you can like put it in somebody's mouth. You can literally sedate people through a tube. That's cool. And 
it just feels really real. It feels like you're really putting somebody under. Mm. Um, and that's kind of fun. So mm. say if you, you were going to do this with someone who maybe you only played with once or twice, but yeah. this is someone that had approached you knowing you're experienced with this type of play. Mm-hmm. What kind of questions might you ask? Mm. or what information well, all the things you? we just sort of said obviously I'd want to know your experience I'd want to know what strains that you are especially experienced with I would ask you in advance to go purchase those strains and whatever they are um, try them first at home once be comfortable and then we can do that but I'd also ask you know like about things like anxiety. I would mm. ask about how we like to feel in the scene. It's not much different than if there was no intox involved. How are you wanting to feel here? Um, you know, have you had any issues in the past? Whatever. Yeah. And I think that, like, honestly, the negotiation wouldn't look too different than anything else. I think it's more about how the practice of it comes in. So, for example, if this was somebody that I was seeing for you know, the first time we were doing this together, we wouldn't go balls to the wall. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're starting slow, like everything I do. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to start slow. doesn't mean that we can't reach a level of intensity, but we are going to start slow. Um, The other thing is that we really need to tune in about consent, um, safe words and things like that. I find for myself, I don't like using as much um, when we're doing in-talks because I will be like you need to be just very communicative with me too yeah like, like just use your words use you don't need words. to use a safe word you could just say yeah and i'm gonna on, listen to hold you. on i'm not <laughs> feeling hold on i'm feeling a little too high or yeah um, or like ooh, i'm dizzy or ooh, whatever like or maybe yeah maybe that's my last yeah that's my last maybe tip. that's my last hit yes yeah. you yeah. have to be able to advocate for yourself while you're high because if you're too high to consent then i'm not playing with you and nobody should yeah and and by when we say no safe words we we don't mean, mean we don't mean no oh my god yeah no the safe limits, words are like, no please. yeah but like we just mean you don't have to say green light red light the protocol you, is a bit different you can just say yeah <laughs> it has to be a little bit more of a collaborative experience i like do put protocol call a bit more aside in those scenes Mm -hmm. so you know the person feels especially comfortable (laughs) advocating for themselves I mean that again can go away in time you know we get a rhythm going we've done this a few times together sure then we can start getting it's like the building blocks. Absolutely. It's like, let's do this first. And then we can throw con, non-con if you want to put safe Absolutely. And, and you're like, oh, no, please don't. Oh, yeah. no, I'm too high. And that's a fun <laughs> fantasy element. Exactly. And then you've got the safe words on hand, of course. Like, yeah. Then we'll just... do that next. We'll do that the second time or the Absolutely. third time or whatever. Whenever. Yeah. yeah. But honestly, like a lot of the intox play that I do is really just getting people embodied. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, truly. I mean, you can talk about other substances and other forms of intox play, but that's where we're at today. But the episode is called 420, so there you go. Uh, (laughs) We won't veer into Popper's territory today. (laughs) Another day. Perhaps. I do have a person that comments on almost every TikTok video that I post, can you do a video on Popper's? And I'm like... No. 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 On TikTok? Are you kidding me? Yeah. No. You're like, uh, my videos already get taken down every day. Yeah. For what do you like... want? You want me to openly talk about drugs? <laughs> drugs on TikTok. TikTok does not like that. What's going to happen, man? Ugh. Okay. So we did have a couple other topics in mind. Um, oh, yeah. That we wanted to hit on because we we're trying to think of like topics that we hadn't talked on specifically.
specifically in depth in the podcast. Mm -hmm. And one we came up with, uh, that came up with the episode that you and Erica and I did together, which was the most downloaded episode this year, by the way. Oh, hey. By far, by the way. And we really... Yeah, by far. And it was insane. We're literally just playing like Never Have <laughs> I Ever down. and stuff. But hey, yeah. the people like it. So I'm like, we're doing this again, right? Absolutely, yeah, let's we Let's do are. this again. Yeah. So something that came up very briefly on that one was uh, play parties. Like, mm. you know, sometimes there's a play party and maybe what expectations people could could have about those because you and I play those parties mm-hmm. you know now and again yes. we're dominant providers at those parties so maybe yes. talking about what those look like and like absolutely yeah. yeah so I guess first and foremost when we talk about a play party in this specific uh, instance we're talking about a professional play party it's yeah. a providers and clients and it, you book a ticket yep yeah it's uh, it's if you are somebody that is has a favorite provider and you really just want to play and see them, this is not a good idea for you. This would be not the ideal event, for example. Yes, you're not going to get like the yeah, the great thing about like professional play, play parties where there is, you know, 12 providers or something. Mm-hmm. Um, the expectation should not be to have one on one time the whole time with one provider. Yes. No. You'll be disappointed. You'll be disappointed because uh, I think what will give you a much better and more reasonable experience is like to spend a bit of time with a, most of them, providers, <laughs> you know, a bunch yeah. of them, yeah. hopefully even, you know. Exactly. And you don't have to play with everybody. Everybody doesn't have to be for you, but no, you do not. need to keep, be an open-minded person. There's a lot of group play in these settings. So yeah. being comfortable, being exposed to that sort of thing, being comfortable even participating in a group scene of some sort. Um, yeah, you if know. you're an exhibitionist or you're a voyeur, great. Oh, come to a party per- like perfect. that. Perfect. And there is usually a one-to-one ratio of providers and clients. However, that does not mean that it is a one-to-one experience. Yes. Is what we're saying, I think. Yeah. So, And some people just come to, like, if it's your first time and you're really nervous about play, in these scenarios, maybe you're very curious about group play, but you're not ready yet or yeah. whatever. You can show up and just, you can also just not play. You can mm-hmm. chat with all the providers. Yeah. You can sit with a provider and watch a group scene. Absolutely. You can ask them questions. You know, you can yeah. do a tiny little bit of play if you yeah. want. Like just a tiny little taster. And it might, it might, honestly, I know this is kind of not the goal, but you might make a friend. Yep. Like uh, fellow clients, there is often familiar faces at these parties. You see some of the same faces coming. And it's a bit of, it turns into a little bit of a community vibe. It's kind of cool. But there's always different providers, always different clients. It's really always the ones that we are usually part of are super diverse, super inclusive, Mm -hmm. super body positive, um, really good representation amongst the providers. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, and there's always a bar that's usually included in the ticket price. There's a spread, there's a bar. So we're just sort of setting the scene. But so typically the parties are full service providers. Mm -hmm. And then uh, on occasion, there are additional providers like Lady Pym and myself who come in as a predominant as what we are. Um, So there is in some of these parties a dedicated kink space. Yeah. A room that usually has a St. Andrew's cross, some somewhere to do spankings, a bed, perhaps. And lots of implements. And then we lots of implements, yeah. A bunch of toys and Yeah. Tools. 
And what I find at these parties is like, and you correct me, but everybody gravitates to the kink room. Yes, it's busy. It's busy. And a lot also, of watch- <laughs> a lot of watchers, a lot of voyeurs, which is great. <laughs> and again, like, nobody minds. Yeah. That's not a that's not a complaint. Not at all. No. And what's fun is like you know it's all group it's group play and there are lots of providers so a lot of the other providers that are working might come in and get a spanking from you or i or like you'll come in and there's one client and a few providers and we're kind of overseeing or directing a group kink scene yeah can look a lot of different ways yeah and people that are really um yeah, nervous. They might be playing with a provider and the provider is like, let's go try out a little spanking. So you can get help from one of us there or say you are attending and you'd like to, you're, you're curious all of a sudden, you want to expand your dominant skill set or you want to, you've never flogged somebody before. This is a good opportunity to learn how to do that properly and from actually- From a pro. Yeah, from a pro and practice on a lovely provider. Mm-hmm. Like, and also, I know the ticket price is not cheap. However, you have access to two pro doms at the same time and a plethora of gorgeous, gorgeous providers. Absolutely. Um, and that's that's valuable in and of itself. So mm-hmm. you can come and see us at these parties and you can get a lesson. You can get an experience. You can get a little duo scene. Mm-hmm. If you are a couple, you can come together. Oh, couples. I know. Don't get us started. Oh, couples. We but... love couples. Yeah, and it's very um, common, I think, to at these parties. There is at least... One or two couples. Yes. Which I love. I also love that which I too. Love. <laughs> yeah. And also like buddy system. You come with a couple in a couple. Absolutely. You're like, well, if all this fails, we can just have sex with one another. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but there's usual usually multiple bedrooms, lots of things going on at the same time. But Lady Pim and I are sort of confined to this pink or this kink space I called it, it is pink, pink. Space. it is it pink, is pink. Um, there's kink space mm-hmm. now this is specific to the one location there are other ones different places too and I don't know I it's a little harder to facilitate I will say when you don't have a dedicated room because mm-hmm. when you're in the room you're like come see us we're in our we're in mm-hmm. the kink studio you know space. where we are yeah um the other one sometimes I find like I found myself floating around being mm-hmm. like everybody is so busy doing their little things mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. I don't want to interrupt so in those spaces I'm kind of just there as this like kinky overseer like people mm-hmm. can be like oh I want to try this implement and then I'll go bring it in and I'll, I'll show them how to use it mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. whatever else um but yes the ones we're talking about at the darling are are fabulous truly so nice it's actually really fun to work the parties like usually a really great uh group of clients also yeah they're very out with that most of the time yeah the specific parties we're talking about they're at the really good vetting process like a big big screening process to to get into there yes um so whenever video call and and all of that yeah yeah so it's like yeah if you're applying to come to the party be expected to be vetted Mm -hmm. um but you can know that everybody else went through the exact same process and you're around good people most of the time I think that's the case yeah the bedpost podcast is sponsored by come as you are founded as a worker-owned cooperative come as you are has a fundamentally anti-capitalist and feminist approach to sexual pleasure 
health, and education. Comes You Are doesn't profit from your pleasure and only stocks products that they truly love and believe in. Come As You Are has been voted best sex shop in Toronto since 1997. Check them out at comeasyouare.com or 254 Augusta Avenue in Toronto's own Kensington Market. We are also sponsored by Club M4 Toronto. Club M4 is the largest sexually charged lifestyle club in the GTA. And now you can go to their website, www.clubm4.com. But one of my favorite things to do is to go on Instagram at Club M4 Events and check out what they have going on. So just scrolling through here, we have Wednesday afternoon play party, game night, threesome Fridays, sexy lingerie, Club M4's fetish fantasy, and New Year's Eve glitz and glamour. If anything looks interesting and you want to check it out, head on down to Club M4 at 1989 Dundas Street, Mississauga. I also want to kind of mention this thing of like, you know, it can feel like a bit of an intense experience, especially if you're new Mm. to stuff like this. So you're perfectly able to at these parties like go to a room that's more quiet and just sit and chill either out. by yourself or with, with a, a provider. provider um you know because sometimes at a party just a normal party it's like a sensory nightmare Absolutely. sometimes right and you just need a break for a second so i've sat with clients and just had a drink together and oh, just same. just some low-key chat just like taking a break from all of the intensity that can be happening at parties just in general for sure I've definitely done the same I've also needed that break myself absolutely working it yeah yeah Yeah. sit down in a back room for a second just catch your breath (laughs) (laughs) yeah but yeah I would say that like it's not they're not kink focused events they're kink friendly events Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um so it's really great for people who are sort of just testing the waters Mm -hmm. um between the two at the very least, we know we're going to play with a bunch of providers. <laughs> we're like, okay, because, you know, everybody doesn't come in the kink room. No. Right? Because it's not like, you know, it's people, not for everyone. people okay. aren't coming just for kink. No. Like, at no. all. So at the very <laughs> least, we're like, okay, we'll spank a couple friends, yeah. basically. We're <laughs> like, oh, perfect. This is going to be if great. Any clients want to also drift in here that's just that's a cherry fine. on top, right? <laughs> But we do find at all the parties, the providers are like, me next, me next, yes. me next. <laughs> so to be honest, it's just all of us having a lot of fun. A lot of fun in a sexy space. Yeah. What is something that maybe, and like, I don't have an answer and genuinely just asking, hmm. something that surprised you in like a good way or something that was maybe like you didn't know about at these parties or unexpected or pleasant or, yeah, I don't know, something. I think um, thinking of like what you expect from these parties is kind of like a party atmosphere, right? High energy. Mm. I'm always kind of pleasantly surprised when you do have these kind of emotional, Mm. intimate, vulnerable moments at a party like this because you wouldn't think stuff like that would happen. And I've had these experiences with clients at these parties I've also had these experiences with other providers at this party like we're suddenly we did this little scene at a party and it was like 
I made I made two providers cry and yeah. not not in the mean way. No, I know. Um, like at, at a party once where it was just like deeply impactful. Haha, <laughs> impactful. Um, <laughs> but like doing a spanking scene. <laughs> impactful. Mm. Um, but they were just like, it really opened something up for them emotionally yeah. and had a little cry with me and just talk about what that did for them Mm. um and how they were surprised by it and those those are just the loveliest moments and another time with a client I did a little flogging scene with them and they actually booked me later at ritual chamber which was nice um but they had their first flogging scene where they were bottoming and they're watching a few Mm -hmm. watching a few and being like okay I'm definitely curious and interested and like what does that feel like and I'm like, we, we can just do one that's very low intensity, yeah. very light. We yeah. can do that if you want. And they're like, yeah, okay, maybe I'll try. And then they they were so embodied and immediately were so, like, affected mm. by this flogging scene. And they were just like, wow, just like, wow, just mind blown. That's so nice. And that was such a special moment. Yeah. The intimacy that can be really crafted in these spaces or experienced in these spaces is surprising. Yeah. Like you wouldn't think, right? But like again and again, stuff like that happens when I, when I'm working at these parties. That's very true. You find your special moments. They're there. Yeah. I was just thinking about that because, again, I don't actually have a better answer. I think that Mm. is the same. But Mm. I'm just thinking about this one um, person that was there. The first time I met them at the first party, they were somebody that needed to have a little time out, a little break. Mm. They were feeling really overwhelmed. I I sat with them for a while. Lovely human being, just Mm. out of their element. They were trying something new. Mm -hmm. And I just kept reminding them, like, how proud that they should be of themselves for even showing up. But that said, they decided to get brave and come to the next one. And when I saw him at the next one, he was, like, so much more excited, enthusiastic. And he was up up in the kink space for most of the night. And I I won't say his name, but you're going to know who I'm talking about, was, like, all of a sudden, the, like, flogging master, like... Like the flogging or like yeah. impact dude. Like he was all of a sudden like going from never having done this before, not knowing what he was doing to literally like squatting and like doing these like crazy flogs from different angles. And that was this space that like he felt eventually like welcomed in and comfortable enough to do that and he got the courage up and now like yeah he's a regular at these things and i'm just so god bless he's such a cutie he's the best but yeah anyways it's just it's cool to see people evolve in in these environments yeah and and something that i've been i feel so grateful for is um couple clients again not gonna say their name but you'll know what I'm talking about that was our first introduction to them and then then we see them at Oasis one night and then we see them at the munches sometimes and then they booked then they book a duo they do and they book a duo with a, a solo with me one of them and then like but it's just it was the beginning of such like a truly beautiful client provider relationship Relationship. where it's just like you guys are friends like you guys are I love you guys yeah we're like so genuinely happy and excited to see them them. (laughs) every time we see them we're just like oh and we met at a party and we did we met at one of these parties 
But you know, something I think to touch on, because I think a lot of people might not expect that these types of parties even exist, like full service providers with dominance there as well. And that carries over, though, outside of the parties, too. Something that we don't talk about quite as much is the duos that we can do or the, the group facilitation that oh, we can do yeah, we did one with, okay. with what a great full segue. service providers. <laughs> what a great segue. You like that? I was, you know what I was trying to do as the host? I was trying to think of what the fuck was the other topic <laughs> that we said we wanted to talk about. That's what it is. I have no, I had no idea. Yeah, I honestly just <laughs> remember. It was gone. Yeah, well. And look at you pivoting. Well, I'm your host, Ms. <laughs> Chloe Mars. What we like to do here on the pod is bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to talk about sex and sexuality. sexuality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got to memorize. Um, Anyways, yeah. Yes. So you can make this happen in more private, intimate numbers. Yes. Let's say And as you well. might find at one of these parties that you click with, let's just say, Pim or I, and then you also click with another full service provider. Well, guess what? What if I told you? Yeah. You could book a duo with, for example, one of us and that provider. And the fun part about that is that there's so many ways to switch in a scene. Oh like, God. Yeah. right? So, of course, the dominant um, stays in that dominant role. However, with a client and a full service provider, the possibilities are truly endless. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like when we have a couple book us, yeah, and <laughs> it's a switchy couple, you know, yeah. and they're like, okay, I want to co-top with you, and then they want to co-top with you, like, yeah. I want to bottom for this part, no, oh, I want to bottom for this part. Yes. Yeah, so you can do the same thing, like, just when we say, like, a couple books us, it's like, a couple of whomever. You could be two friends, you could be a client and a provider, you could mm-hmm. be a romantic couple, you could be married. Who I the fuck? love we don't care. when providers bring Whatever. their clients. I fucking love that I love too. It so yeah. much. But like, yeah. that's the thing is because there are certain limitations to what we do because we don't offer full service in our yeah, domination we keep our session. clothes on, yeah. Right. But yeah. as soon as we have somebody that offers that, we really have more to play with. Because oh you God. can do yeah. then all of a sudden, depending on genders and stuff, you could do forced buy, you can do so many things way more easily yeah you suddenly have like someone who can be penetrated yeah like just the technical um activities that are now available Mm -hmm. um (laughs) forced dick sucking perhaps i don't know there's just lots of things that for me maybe we won't go into explicit detail on but there are very many fun fun things to do yes yeah and like stuff like i don't put my mouth on clients i've right i've bitten a couple clients i will say that yes however um you know just in general i don't put my mouth on clients yeah um so when you have someone that can put their mouth on someone else mm-hmm. is like an interesting thing because you can have somebody on a cross and the other person can have their mouth on them while they're on the cross. Absolutely. And you can be directing the person that has the yes. mouth that they're using and how yes. what you want them to do with said mouth. Yes, yes, um, absolutely. And there are so many, this is sounding like an ad now, but there are truly so many <laughs> kink-friendly full-service providers in the city. Yes. I can't speak for other places because I don't really know, but But in Toronto, Toronto, there are so many and we even have some that we even prefer, we love to, that we know, but... Oh, hell, I'll name drop right now. Okay, yeah. Effie Turner. Erica Bose. Erica Bose. (laughs) Effie Turner. (laughs) 
not like we're biased or anything. Uh, but I guess that's just to say is that we have a lot of experience with those two providers. Yes, we do. We've done these types of duos. We play at play parties. We are um, we are close in our personal spheres. Yeah. So. Yeah, those are two really good options, but there are so many others. Absolutely. Um, There really are. Yeah, and like the range of scenes, like I've done a MedFet duo Mm -hmm. with Erica. Mm -hmm. Like, and so just imagine, if you will, you know, (laughs) two doctors. Or Dr. Pim and Nurse Erica. (laughs) Nurse Bose. Nurse Bose. (laughs) Not Nurse Bose. And like... How I might direct Nurse Erica to do, you know, a specific type of examination on the client. A certain type of procedure. Yeah, yeah. You know, perhaps she might have to inspect, you know. Inspect, insert, who knows? (laughs) With a part of her body involved. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Who knows? You know? (laughs) Yeah. And there are also times where we do these scenes outside of a dungeon space where we might, um, we might show up at an end call. Right. Yeah. It might look different and we might do some softer domination in those spaces or bring our little toolkit, our bag full of gear and explore with whatever we've brought. That's a good point, because I think a lot of people, you know, are intimidated to come to a full dungeon space. Yeah. Right. Um, They're used to beds (laughs) (laughs) versus cages, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, great, I'd like to do a bit of kink, but I would also like to be a nice soft bed that we can kind of really relax and just... And a nice soft provider there, too, to accompany you. Yeah. So, like, that might be more, you know, somebody would you know, book an in-call through the provider and then we would go there. Yeah, we would show up. We would do some of the kink facilitation, but then Mm -hmm. all of the like comfy in-call full service vibes, that would be the main. Girlfriend vibes. Yeah, that would be the main thing. And we just just come to add a bit of. We spice it up. Yeah, just add a bit of spice. Just spice. (laughs) Perhaps some bed restraints, some sensory tools. Who knows? A little flogging, whatever. Someone's getting pegged. Yeah, someone's getting pegged. (laughs) Doesn't doesn't matter who. Doesn't matter. Um, Somebody's getting picked. (laughs) Is that a threat? (laughs) Better a promise. Yeah. Yeah. I just yeah, I don't think people are always as aware of these possibilities. I don't think we talk about them really all that often. And we talk about sometimes bringing a stud in or a bull or whatever, like bringing somebody in for the forced buy scene, etc. Or a cuckolding scene. But we don't really talk about this other whole different world of duoing with uh, full service providers. Yes. Yeah, you're so right. Usually when we do a Q&A and there's a question, people want to know, you know, can they have a, a male provider or, pro- or a provider with a dick? People want to know. People They're like, do you know. do cuckolding? We want to know. Do you do force buy? So, yeah. yes. And I'm still, folks, we're both waiting on our Uncle Teddy duos, by the way. Yeah. Where, what the fuck? Where are you? Hey, Teddy. Book it. <laughs> book, book the duo. Book the fucking duo, right? Yeah. So that um, is a good point to say is that these full service <laughs> providers are all genders, too. Like, too. Yeah. oftentimes, you know, it's when I feel like it defaults to femmes when you talk about full service providers for mm-hmm. some reason. But there are so many great uh, male, non-binary, trans, and obviously femme providers in the city so you've got a good selection and if you don't know who to go to you can come to us and we could point you in the right direction that's a great point um because things like this happen in different ways right like 
what's really common is the full service provider has a regular client and then they come to me or yep. I have a client that, you know, they're looking for, um, I have a regular client that they want a full service provider to come in and then we kind of manage that but if you're a person that's new to providers period in general any kind of a provider you can still you know make the inquiry look on the rc website or whatever Mm -hmm. and be like okay ms mars i'd like to do a duo do you have any recommendations I'd love to do a full service provider yes. as a duo. Do you have recommendations? Because we do. Yeah, we, we do. absolutely are happy to do that. Yeah. yeah, we'll give you maybe a few names. You can check them out and then you can decide which is the best fit. Yeah, here's their website. Yeah, check them out. See if you think the vibe is right and we'll go with that. Yeah. But yeah, so you're not on your own. We'll help you figure it out. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think t- that's, um, I don't know. I don't think we've ever really said that because mm-hmm. what's more common is the other way how people book. They're regular of someone and they go to another provider. But yeah. yeah. And I also think it's worth just really clarifying that um, dungeons are, and I there's a better word for this too, but dungeons are not brothels. Right. So it, you're not booking full service through our dungeon. There is no, not full yeah. service offered through uh, our dungeon. Yes, yeah, we're, yeah. All our house dominance and our house submissive are not full service providers. Exactly. However, it doesn't mean you can't bring one in. Yeah, an indi- independent one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have like a memory of not you know not calling anyone out or using <laughs> names or anything? Do you have a memory of bringing in a full service provider mm-hmm. of like? A situation that you were just like, whoa. Um, this session was with a full service provider and their client. Obviously, they came into RC and the client actually had a little role play fantasy that he wanted to live out. Mm-hmm. It was a classroom setting. Yes. Yeah, which is always so much fun. But we had the provider, obviously, in the student role. Um, the client was in the teacher role and I was in the principal's oh my role. God, I love that. Yes. And you can imagine the type of learning that the student needed to do during that session and the lessons that she needed to learn and we will sort of leave it there but I will say that that dynamic that having three people in that space and just I don't I don't know that when the provider gets into the role play too and the client and so then we would use the bedroom space a little differently that was the principal's office but you know certain things go down in the principal's office that can't happen in the classroom you know I love that there's a bed in the principal's office you're like hey ask I'm no a, questions I'm a hard worker sometimes I'm here late and I gotta be here early what do you want from me I live here what do you want just to rent a bed with a cage under it in my office. No big deal. <laughs> Pay no attention yeah, no. to the cage underneath the bed. No. Nor no, 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 the no. bed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that. so that one is a lot of fun. There also was one that, like, I did show up at an in-call, and this client, they, there was, I will just say, like, consent was in place. Of, we can go of through course. that. But um, I... Sh- I showed up as a bit of a quote-unquote surprise. Like, he knew somebody was coming. Yes. But when I arrived, he was blindfolded, and the provider had cuffed him to the bed. Wow. And so when I walk in, he's, like, not knowing who I am, what what he's expecting, anything. And he was so game. He, like, asked for an intense surprise type of situation. Like, I was... 
I was welcome there. We'll yes, say that. Yes, yes. But yeah, it was so fun to walk into this space and I had there was this man just like laying there and the provider <laughs> comes to the door like so excited Hello. I'm here. <laughs> I have them all locked up for you. <laughs> and then we just did like soft domination, a lot of instructing the provider again to do mm-hmm. things to the client and um, about the client who was new to kink. So everything was a little dialed down. Yeah. It was like a really special experience. We all had a lot of fun. Uh, that sounds nice. Yeah. Do you want to share one? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Well, you um... did talk about the MedFet scene a little bit, but <laughs> like that just makes me laugh every time I think about it. No, it makes me laugh the, the most about that. <laughs> yes, you know what makes you know what's funny about that yeah. is that the, the, the medical <laughs> bench is so narrow. <laughs> It's so narrow. It so for one to get on top of a client, let's say, there's not a lot of room up there and it feels risky. <laughs> and I might have had to spot. Yeah, I mean, that that uh, <laughs> that exam table is really meant for one. Oh my God. So what, um, oh, I, I had a memory when you were talking about walking in and the person was blindfolded or whatever. Mm-hmm, so, okay, mm-hmm. this is not a... Um, a duo with me and a provider. This is a um, a session with me and a, one of my favorite couples, actually. Mm. So what they did for a special sort of... They've, you know, done a lot of role plays with me. So they wanted to have a special scene. I think it was for his birthday. And they just want to mix it up a bit. So she was like, okay, I'm going to arrive at this time and he's going to arrive a half hour later. Mm. So we thought, or she thought, because I think, again, it was a surprise for like his birthday. She's like, what if when he arrives, like I'm in a cage, you know, Mm. and you have captured me you know for him so when he comes in you're like you're like look what i have for you birthday surprise oh my god and it's me in a cage and i just thought that was such a unique way to start a scene to start a role play yeah because like i brought him in and i was like it's your birthday right i i like I I heard from you know somewhere it was your birthday. Told me, yeah, yeah. So I was like, "It's your birthday. Are you doing some anything fun for your birthday?" We're just kind of small talking, but Mm. I was kind of in role because I'm like leading it towards. Look what I have in the next room! Surprise! Happy birthday! (laughs) What if I told you? Yeah, what if I told you? But he had no idea like that she was there or whatever. Oh my god! So like we went in and like just kind of chatted for a few minutes. He's kind of like, "What's going on?" You can see on his face processing. And then I just brought him into the dungeon. I was like, "Yeah," so I heard. It was your birthday, so I have—I actually have something. If you want it, like just come and take a quick look. And he looked, and it was his wife. Oh okay. my god! Was like, ah. <laughs> it was so good. It was so good. Oh my god! I'm and sure I'm like, he, I'm sure you loved it. And I was like, I captured her off of the street. Isn't she pretty? <laughs> just for you. I thought I thing. thought you would like her. Yeah. Oh what do you think? And he like, and he was immediately in it, like yeah, in the role. Of you know. Course. And he's like, oh wow, you did such a good job. I really like her like just immediately no didn't skip a beat like was so quickly just like yes like yes and yes and and i love her yeah yes and look how pretty she is and you did such a good job like immediate yes and i was just i was like god bless these two (laughs) immediate yes immediate like so quick yeah oh that's so great (laughs) that's so great 
Honestly, that sounds like so much fun. All yeah. I can think about, though, is like, don't you ever fucking dare surprise me. Like, nobody. Like, that's the other thing on yeah, the other okay, end Yeah, okay, so there's consensual surprises. Absolutely. And there's non-consensual surprises. So, yeah, maybe just, like, a little Cole's note. Mm, is that mm-hmm. what it's called? Or, no. like, um, what am I thinking? Like oh, an asterisk. A disclaimer. A disclaimer. Yeah, yeah, like aster- yeah, like an asterisk. Okay. So, the footnotes. The type of surprise you never want to do. Mm. Yeah. That... Uh, it would if I am not prepared for what's about to happen and I need like and I'm in a facilitator's position actually no in any position I'm just not the person to surprise I'll be part of a surprise but I'm also really cautious about who I'm willing to surprise and who I'm willing to facilitate surprises with Mm -hmm. um you know where I'm going well the main thing that I want to say with this is like Never book a provider as a gift for your girlfriend or for husband or for me, anyone or for anybody. Oh man, yes, it's happened. That's happened. Yeah, so don't book a provider as a gift, as a surprise. And don't just bring them to RC and then you open up the door and the partner is like, who's this? What's happening? We've never talked about this before. I'm thrown. Yeah. I'm in shock. I'm trying to process. Like, that's not the type of surprise. I know it's well-intentioned, but like, that's never, that never works out the way you think it is. No. The person needs to have... This this decision of hiring a provider together is a decision that you both need to be making. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll just say that. Well, yeah, we'll leave it there. But both of us have experienced good and bad surprises. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, I guess, you have to kind of go case by case. Yeah. And just consider that. <laughs> just surprise, consider that. You know, because a lot of people... <laughs> no, like, before you, you know, book or before you decide this gift for whom the fuck ever like just consider if I didn't know anything about this or this world or I don't know these people like would I feel comfortable being thrust into this scenario suddenly and then now I have to perform in this way yeah and And now I have to be very vulnerable Mm -hmm. um physically or emotionally or whatever in this space I've never been in nor have I ever wanted to be in like just consider the other person you know, absolutely in making that call. And also consider us. We don't want to be in a space oh, where we're we not welcome to. We like, hate that too. Like so. I just talked about the time showing up to that in call. It was great. But if that person was not prepared for such a surprise or had a vague desire or idea, yeah. um, and what if I showed up and they're just like not a kinky person yeah. or they're like scared or they just changed their mind or they're like, no, 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 no. I didn't. Or maybe they just don't like me. Who knows? And all of a sudden, I'm there. There you are. And what do you do? Yeah. It's awkward for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Mindful surprises. Yeah. So I know this is a thing that people want to do for their partners. Um, And I'm wondering, you know, how you can get sort of a surprise element, but also really make sure that this is something that's very wanted. Like maybe if the person, you know, the conversation could be like, 
um, they could suggest a few different scenarios that they would be down for. And then that, that person as the gift get, chooses one as a surprise. Exactly. Or, or puts just a tiny little twist that's, you know, something unexpected. But, like, you can't just surprise the whole fucking thing. That never yeah. works. Yeah. Yeah. Have it talked about. Like, talk about the fantasy with the person, you yeah. know? Talk yeah. about it. Get excited about it. I love that idea of giving a few options. You could also give your partner a few dates and be like, I'm here are the dates that if you do want to give me a surprise, these are the dates that will work for me. And here's what I'm open to. And here are my limits. Yeah, absolutely. Because I know also some people that come in these scenarios, clients are just like, I want to be surprised, like even Mm one-on-one clients, Mm -hmm. right? Sometimes they're like, you know, I don't want to know what you're going to do to me. I want to be totally surprised. It's like, okay, I get that that's a hot fantasy element, but the logistics, the reality of that scenario is I don't know you and what you like. So we do need to talk about it. And then me as the provider, I will choose when and how much. And, you know, I'll, I'll create like a, a, an experience that feels surprising and off-putting or whatever you're looking for. Yes. With the information you've given me. Trust, trust me, once you get in it, it's like, um, you know, the believability, what, what's it called? The um, sp- suspension of belief will right. take over of like, don't worry, you will feel surprised. You will. But it also needs to be consensual. That was something I actually was thinking about today because I just wrote a little tweet that was like, dominance are curators of fetish experiences, Mm. not fetish dispensers. Mm. So when we ask you for a list of your desired activities or interests, it doesn't mean that we are volunteering ourselves to be a service top and that we're just checking things off of this list. Mm. What we're doing is we're keeping that information in our minds and we're choosing when, where, why, how, and even if those activities are implemented or are experienced. So it's always going to be in the dominance hands and you don't have authority over that at that point. Mm -hmm. You've told them the things that you like, you've told them the things that are on your boundaries and then you have to hand it over. So yes, there is always going to be an element of surprise, even when things are thoroughly negotiated. That, yeah. And they're safe words, obviously, yeah. for when you're really not liking something that's happening. Absolutely. But yeah. Okay. I think we need to get to a movie soon. We do. With, uh, Miss Alexis O'Neill. So let's end it there. <laughs> this we got a, a hot date. We, we do. We got a hot date with the house submissive. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Can you Lucky tell us? us? Yeah. No, seriously. We're, yeah. we're looking forward to it. So don't want to be late. Yeah. Um, can you tell us all of the places we can find and follow you and book you and buy you things? Yeah, (laughs) if you don't know by now. Um, my website is chloemars.com and my handles on socials are just Ms. Chloe Mars. And I will just say that I've had a lot of weird fakes lately on sites that I'm not even at. So keep in mind, I am only on Twitter and Instagram. There you go. For me, I'm at the Lady Pim one on Twitter. I'm at the Lady Pim on Instagram. Bedpost podcasts on Instagram as well. Uh, Patreon.com slash the Bedpost show. That's where you want to be, folks. Uh, I just actually released uh, a MedFet, an old MedFet vid. We we did. I just put it on the for this month. Um, Went so, into the archives. Yeah, I did. I did. And I didn't post it because I think 
I had just posted one very similar with you and I, so I was like, oh, wait a bit, and then I forgot about it. You forgot. So anyways, that's from the archives. That's up there, but lots of fun stuff on the Patreon. I never like to go an episode without thanking the lovely lady who does all the original music for my podcast. Her name is Stephanie Copeland. You can find out more about her at stephcopelandmusic.com. This is Chloe Morris. Always a pleasure. Always. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you next week, everyone, with another fun and sexy guest here in the studio talking about sex and sexual life. Until then, get, get fucked. fucked. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>